Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Are we live? We are live with Gross Anatomy Podcast, the show that explores the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture. And movies, TV, and books, and podcasts, and the entire world around us. And I am Dr. Jason Cohen. And who are you? I am Raya O'Neill. No way. And today is an unusual day because we're, it's not our normal day that we're recording. And you're, and I'm actually recording from home right now before I go to work. I unfortunately have to take out someone's appendix. Yes. Yes. I don't have to do that, but I am in Aspen kind of living a luxurious lifestyle that is Poor baby. I know. I, I saw your, was that really your first? So you went skiing? Did you see the videos? First time skiing yesterday, like ever, 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 ever. Did you and take a lesson? No. And I honestly should have, but I, I got, I did great. My friend is obviously a great skier and gave me a lesson. It started off really rough because we like went on a green, which I know is like a baby mountain. But for me, I was like very intimidated. So it took me like 30 minutes to get down, but it was funny. I fell a lot. And then we like went to the top to like a little bunny hill and I like crushed it. So nice. It was you the bunny hill. What mountain did you ski on? Uh, Snowmass. Oh, yeah. Snowmass is great, isn't it? Yeah, it was really beautiful. Cool. Are you someone who could ice skate or? or... I'm, I'm terrible on ice. So I was kind of like worried and I thought I was going to like break my knees, but. Yeah. Are you a roller skater? No, I wish. They look so cool in Venice, those girls that roller skate. Yeah. <laughs> Only the girls look cool. The guys don't look cool. No, guys. No. It's funny on my, on our TikTok. Um, one of the things uh, I gave some advice to students about how to take the, uh, to a student about taking the MCAT, you know, the the test to get into med school. And I got a lot of, a lot of negative hate. They're like, don't listen to this boomer, you know? So my advice was to study every day as if tomorrow's the test. So you really like have that level of seriousness and focus. Cause with me, if I'm studying and the test is two months away, you know, up till it gets closer, I'm very laid back about studying. So I was like, you really, every day you study, your mentality should be tomorrow's a test, tomorrow's a test. Right. And, and, and I got, I got, everybody creamed me and crushed me and gave me such hate. Very few people appreciate it. They're like, don't listen to this old boomer doctor who knows nothing. And I was like, I'm not that old. Am I? I guess I am. Maybe. I don't know. You're fine. Thanks. It's osmosis real, by the way. Speaking of studying, I used to like study and put my notes under my pillow. Thinking that it would just uh, yeah, dissolve into your brain? Cranium. Yeah. Did it work? I mean, I, I graduated college. I did pretty good. There you go. So I mean, now maybe that's the advice I should have given our students. That and actually this is perfect to lead into our topic for the day. Taking my vitamins so I'm healthy. Yeah. My wife is a big believer in all the vitamin stuff. Really? She is. Well, in the past couple of years, it's kind of like taking vitamins became cool again. Like, I feel like it was always like, take your vitamins. Did you take your vitamins this morning? And now it's like, oh my God, I got to take my supplements. Right. Now it's like a thing. Yeah. What's interesting is, is when we, when I ask patients, when I take a history from patients about doing surgery, I always, you always ask what medicines you're on. Cause it's in, you know, you need to know, especially if you're going to be operating on someone's side effects, how sick they are, this, that. But often patients neglect to tell us what herbals and alternatives and supplements they're on. And that, that you wind up having to drag out of them. And, and people forget that those things 
could also affect how how you behave during surgery. So it, it's an interesting phenomenon having having to remember to talk about that. Yeah, sometimes I leave it out too. Like if I take I take vitamin C, vitamin D. Like does the doctor really need to know that? Not necessarily vitamin C or vitamin D, but maybe vitamin E. You do need to know because vitamin E is theoretically a good antioxidant okay. and is good for blood flow and memory, maybe, and things like that. But it's also a blood thinner. It acts as a is blood it? thinner. Yeah. So if you forget to say, or even so, and a multivitamin often has vitamin E in it and other potential blood thinning vitamins in there. So you really should let your doctor know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think a multivitamin. I was. I do a lot of vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D. Uh, I take magnesium. Well, I think part of why, one of the reasons why vitamins got so big the last two years, at least, was because of COVID. Yeah. And and the whole desire to keep everybody's immune system up. And, and then one of the things that we learned from COVID was, or at least some of the data was that the people with low vitamin D levels did worse right. COVID-related. Uh, so, so that became a big thing. And interestingly, as we age, there's a real tendency for people to have women more than men, but, but, but in general for us to have low vitamin D levels, and it's often not enough, you know, people say, oh, I'm outside all the time. I'm in the sun all the time. And often that's, that's not necessarily enough. Yeah. I started, uh, well, when I was really anemic, I got two iron infusions this summer and then she gave me vitamin D and now like my vitamin D levels are, are pretty normal. Right? Yeah. I, st- I started taking a vitamin D for pretty regularly too, actually during, during all this time. But now there's these new school vitamins. There's these plant forward formulas that I guess more trendy and appealing to everyone. So they target like immune support or probiotics or mental clarity, whatever. So those have been popular. And the interesting thing about all that is there's no real there isn't really a lot of oversight on, on that stuff. There are a lot of people who claim it's really good. Certainly if you're deficient in things, you need, you need them. If you have good levels of that stuff, I'm not sure. Uh, I think most of the time taking vitamins and supplements isn't bad, but the reality is I'm not sure how beneficial a lot of those things are. Uh, and I think it's an ongoing debate and, and a little bit fad-ish uh, potentially. What about like adaptogens? What's an adaptogen? Adaptogens are like, um, herbal. They're very popular in like Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese medicine. It's like ashwagandha, reishi, um, cordyceps. I think, I, I think for the most part, none of it is bad. And I think, and I'm a big believer in mind over matter. So I think if you believe it's going to work. Sometimes, you know, it can work. And then, and then I, I don't, I, I confess, I don't know the data and the studies, but I, but I definitely hear anecdotally about a lot of uh, herbs and herbal remedies and, and oriental medicine helping with a lot of ailments. So I'm a believer in it, even though I don't necessarily know the studies and the data and the, and, and, it, but I, but I'm a believer in it again, if it works, do it. If, and, and if it's not going to hurt you do it. Uh, so, but, but I, I, I think it might be worth one of our, maybe we should get like a, you know what, I, an herbalist or maybe an oriental medicine doc to come on. And, and actually I, I remind me, I know 
a couple of people. So yeah. if you remind me, maybe we could get someone to come on, maybe even, maybe even for just a little brief part of the show to kind of just talk about that stuff. Oh yeah. I've got some good ones too. I, I was really heavy into it like two summers ago and they taste horrible. Like I have the powder form of like ashwagandha and stuff, but I really think it helps. My wife went through this whole horrible tooth issue ordeal and she was seeing a uh, oriental medicine doc and doing acupuncture and herbs and drinking the delicious drinks, you know, those powdery things and that were gross, I think, but, but I think it helped her. And, and I don't know if it helped her because it just gave her hope or gave her belief or made her feel good. Um, but I, I think it helped her. Who knows? The one thing I find funny about vitamins, especially, and, and the article you gave me talks about it a little bit is, you know, I try to be plant-based and then I may take a vitamin and after I'm eating the vitamin, then I'll look at the ingredients and I'm like, oh, great. You know, there's fish something or gelatin, which is the worst because I'm try I try in, in addition to being plant-based, I pretty much try to keep kosher too. And gelatin is made from pig or pork. Right. So every time I read that, I'm like, oh man, did I just eat that? And it, and it upsets me. I know. Well, that's what now these new like plant board formulas are avoid all those things. So uh, Which I think is good. And it surprises me that they make vitamins with all that stuff. But then there's this whole, also, uh, there's this whole group of people that, that swear by bone broth. Oh God. I mean, it's, it's broth. I don't really know how beneficial it is. No, I know, but it's, you know, it's, it's definitely perfect. not a vegan or vegetarian thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I do believe strongly in trying to be as plant-based as possible. So, so when you're taking these vitamins that have, that are based on, you know, with some animal protein or fish protein or whatever it is, it always, or derived from animal or fish or milk, it always surprises me a little bit. Well, following up from last week's episode of, am I dying or not? I did see my doctor and Yay. bunch of blood. Work. Dying? I'm not dying? dying. No, I'm not dying. Can you believe it? Well, you know, I, I hate to break it to you though, Rhea, hmm. we're all dying. You're right. So actually I am dying. You know, the whole stupid thing I actually wanted to do, I'm taking a picture of us, you know, the whole stupid thing of that you hear, oh, the only thing that's certain in life is death and taxes. You know, I hate that saying because I don't even think taxes are certain because people find ways of not paying their taxes. Right. I think the only thing certain in life is death. We are definitely all going to die. That's the only thing that's certain. So, and the crazy thought of it is the day we're born is the day we start dying. Isn't that morbid? My God. So depressing. Uh, you, you know, what's really interesting is that this week, this weekend is the two year anniversary of when this whole freaking COVID thing hit. We didn't even mention that. And I think we should just mention it. And what I, I, I did on one of our posts on Instagram is I wished COVID a not happy anniversary, not happy anniversary to you, COVID. What was it? What, what did you do in the last day before the world shut down? I think we were podcasting and we were like, ah, it's not really going to be that big a deal. We should, we should look at that podcast from two years ago and repost it or something. Or I think we were kind of making light of it a little bit about like, you know, the new handshake is kicking each other's feet. The feet Remember that the was a thing? Yeah. I don't know why I'm thinking that. God, way to ruin the mood. Sorry. Sorry. I shouldn't have done that. But not really. Cause I was also going to talk about trauma. And but the reason to think, but, but it might be a good thing to think about for people to seize the day. Yeah. You're right. Like live every day. Like it's your last. Yeah. Because you never know. 
and, and, and this is going to end. So seize it, you know, go out there and enjoy just every second, like go ski and have a blast. Go ski and fall on your ass. And yeah, those are some good videos. Listeners. I, I recommend you check out, we should post them. Ray O'Neill's <laughs> Aspen adventure. You got to have some humility to be able to laugh at yourself. You know, true, true, true. So what were we saying? I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I got really, I also think it was the altitude, but I was getting very like anxious or like really nauseous, honestly, flying here. Like when we landed, I was like, oh my God, I feel sick. But I don't know if the plane was so tiny or just, but there's no like mask mandate here at all. And well, it just, it just lifted a couple of weeks ago, I think there. Oh, yeah. but like LA is kind of similar to be honest, but I don't know why I was like in a big crowd the other day and I was getting really anxious. like. Yeah. Well, and you're leading into our next topic, eh? Next topic of of trauma and and that's a good lead-in. Really good lead-in there, Rhea. You're good at the lead-ins. I like that. You know what I'm doing now. I know what I'm doing here. There you go. Um, but they're actually. I was reading this article, and it was actually trending on Instagram and TikTok. It was hashtag trauma recovery and trauma healing, and people were sharing their trauma experiences, whether it's been through COVID or neglect, depression, anxiety, whatever. Um, and I always think it's interesting to hear other people's stories. Cause a lot of, there's a lot of similarities, um, between you and a stranger, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's good too, to hopefully help people with their anxiety a little bit to realize that, Hey, you're not alone. You're tons of people are probably, even though you want to feel like you're special and, and, and you are, everybody is special in their own way. But also everybody's going through crap, whether they we see it or not. Everybody's got crap. Yeah. Well, it kind of ties into like the ashwagandha and those herbal medicines. A lot of those are being used now to treat um, mental health issues like anxiety and depression. Um, my doctor actually prescribed me a new herbal protocol because I was like, I don't really want to go back on all these antibiotics. So I'm doing a full herbal protocol. And one of the things I'm going to be taking is called mood food. Mm. I, I don't know if it's like a supplement or a powder or I make shakes out of it. Um, but oh here, yeah. It's supposed to lift your mood. I'm like, okay, well, let's see. How right. I, I would hope it's gonna lift your mood instead of put it down. They are saying there's new ways that people are tackling trauma. And some of them are interesting. Some of them I would maybe consider trying. I don't know. Have you heard of SPECT? It's single photon emission computed tomography. Well, that's just a type of scan. Yeah, that's a spec. That that's just a type of scan, just to help diagnose and kind of see, you know, what the brain activity looks like. We use that scan for different things too. We use it actually for parathyroid uh, to try to identify parathyroid. Uh, but it, but it's used. It's a nuclear medicine type of scan, and it's used for different things. It's not used as treatment. It's used more for diagnosis oh, and just visualizing the brain. It's a brain scan. You like uh, it's a scan like I have to go through a machine, or you put those little things on my forehead and you. No, you go through a machine. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, no. People are doing different things for trauma now. Um, uh, hallucinogenics a little bit are being used. Things like ketamine and mushrooms. Uh, you know, derivatives of mushrooms and things like that. Even LSD derivatives are being used now for post-traumatic stuff. And in, in fact, I have a friend who's starting a company to try to do that I'm somewhat involved with who's, who's trying to do research to really prove the data 
like what's and and figure out what's the gold standard, what's going to work, what's not going to work, what are the regimens, what are the doses. It's really cool stuff, and it's not like big doses. It's it's using like micro dosing or small dosing in a wow. controlled setting, you know, under the care of a doc to kind of treat and see how people do with dealing with traumas and and different psychiatric illnesses. That's pretty interesting. I don't know if I would do that. I'd be kind of scared. Although I I I must confess, I one of the things I wish I had done as a youth was some type of hallucinogenic. I never did. I'm pretty I'm pretty mellow and tame and wimpy. Really? Yeah. And so so it's I think like if I ever make it to like 80, kind of like the grandpa in uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Did you see Little Miss Sunshine? Yeah, but like years ago, years ago. Yeah, I I really like that movie a lot. But I I think if I ever make it to that age, then maybe I'll, or once I know all my kids are totally fine, maybe I'll, you know, and sad and okay, then maybe I'll try it, but not till then. Because you don't want to lose any brain cells in the meantime. No, I want to make sure I'm around for them if they need me, at least at least till I know they don't need me anymore. And I think for now, I think they still could use me around, although that may just be my ego speaking. They probably don't need me, but I but I like to need you. Thanks. Thank you, Rhea. We need you. Yeah. Yeah. But that's interesting stuff, too. All all of that, that whole new market. But the other interesting thing that you touched upon was how it's become the norm, especially on TikTok and Instagram, for people to share their trauma and their nutty crazy stories and and they're so you know you start tiktok you know for a second and next thing you know an hour later you've watched like all these amazing uh interesting horror and wonderful stories about people going through stuff how are we doing with time unfortunately i do have to go operate god so appendix i've never knocked on one had my appendix out my sister has and i remember like vividly she was sick all day and we were like it's just your period it's fine you through she was like a teenager and then is your appendix. <laughs> I, have some, I have some eye-opening news that I hope is not going to upset you. Oh, God. There is, while it's not necessarily genetic, there is something familial about appendicitis a little bit. So it's not uncommon that people who have had their appendix removed, other family members of theirs have had their appendix removed. Uh-huh. There is familial tendency towards it. I hope, hopefully, I missed that. Yeah. Mark. Exactly. Well, the next year she had her gallbladder removed. <laughs> that's familial, too. Really? Yeah, that's really familial, for sure. Wow, okay. The funny thing about gallbladder is when we learn in medical school, one of, you know, there are ways to remember and learn things. So with gallbladder, one of the, the stupid things we learn how to remember who gets gallbladder disease, gallstones, is fat, female, fertile, those are the things. I, I think there may be one more. It's the Fs. Three Fs. Fat, female, and fertile. There may be a fourth, and for some reason, I'm blanking on it right now. But fat, female, and fertile. Oh, and 40. Fat, female, fertile, and 40 are the four Fs of gallbladder. Really? That's not to say you can't see it in anybody, but that's kind of, you know, the cluster of sometimes where we see it is, is in those Fs. What else, Rhea? Well, it's really it. I haven't even been watching that much TV. I just finished... Um... Love is Blind season two, which that's you- funny. We just did Shabbat dinner last night and Liat, who you're friends with, who I met because I met you because of her. That was a big dinner conversation last night with uh, she friends and, and us. So I, I kind of feel like I need to watch it now. Watch it and then we'll talk about it. But there's this one guy, Shake. He's actually the worst. Yeah. Okay. 
But watch it's it. The premise. Yeah. You know, the thing about Love is Blind is it's a really cool way potentially to hire people, you know, when and one thing that's done, I don't know if you know this. One thing that's done is when they supposedly when they cast people for like the Philharmonic for big or- orchestras, yeah. they don't necessarily know if it's a man or a woman. They just have it like behind a curtain. Someone comes in, and plays and based on how well they play, they hire them. So huh. they try to keep it colorblind and sex blind and all of that, which is a pretty cool premise. Yeah, the show's interesting. I used to say I want to go on it, but I could never. Not how I want to find love. There you go. Yeah. All right. All right. So is that the end of Gross Anatomy today, Rhea O'Neill? The end of Gross Anatomy Aspen Edition. Cool. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. So tune in and like us and hate us and give us feedback and give us comments. And what else should they do? Send us questions, repost us, all that stuff. Cool. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.